This is the John Oakley Show podcast. BC court ruling against a father uh, who was trying to protect his child is under appeal because of the precedent it sets. And here's the background, because the case involves a divorced father and mother and their female-born child who started going through transitioning to a male identity without her father's knowledge. Dad only learned of the child's transition when he actually saw the picture in the yearbook. And then jog forward and dad gets a call from a doctor who tells him the child will be given testosterone with or without consent. I mean, if you think about that for a second, you've got a developing child going through transformation medically without your say. And none of the concerns you bring forward, you know, the long-term consequences that are still very much unknown, or the fact that this child's depression had not been addressed, you know, all of that is ignored. So, of course, the dad took the matter to court hoping, you know, to delay this thing until he could get, you know, information or try to, you know, get a case. And then in February, a BC judge ruled the child not only will do the controversial treatments, but told dad, you can't try to talk her or him out of of this. And so as far as the judge is concerned, you know, anyone who disagrees with this should realign their beliefs, conscience, and opinions. But it begs the question, who is there if this child is destroyed? Is the judge going to pick up the pieces of this child's life if all hell breaks loose down the road? Let's bring in John Carpe to this conversation. He's the president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, uh, which has applied to intervene in this case, which is now before the B.C. Court of Appeal. Good to have you with us, John. Good afternoon, Alex. I think I tried to kind of explain it uh, well enough. Did I miss anything? There, You did a fantastic summary, and you, you got all the key elements. We have a, <clears throat> we have a minor or a child who is now about 15, and uh, father was kept in the dark about what the school counselors were encouraging the child to transition to boyhood. And uh, the father is concerned because um, the long-term consequences include things like um, increased risk of cancer, heart disease, osteoporosis, and guaranteed permanent infertility. And if this minor continues with the puberty blockers and the uh, testosterone injections, then this minor is going to grow a beard and have a, a deep voice or a male voice, but no male genitalia and will not be able to conceive a child as a female, nor father a child as a male. And so it's permanent infertility, a lifetime of drugs, uh, because if once you transition, you have to keep on taking mm-hmm. um, uh, drugs for the rest of your life. And there's an interesting study in uh, Sweden from 2011 on uh, monitoring long-term uh, trends for people that um, transition all the way f- fully with surgery, the suicide rate of individuals after they've gone through the full surgery is 19 times higher mm-hmm. than the, uh, the general population average. Uh, the lower court didn't consider medical evidence or scientific evidence at all. And so now it, it will be the British Columbia Court of mm-hmm. Appeal that's going to consider scientific evidence and medical evidence, uh, which the lower court had very little of. 
Yeah, well, it, it sounds to me in this case, uh, and this is me editorializing here, uh, that the judge turned uh, somewhat activist on this issue. I mean, the reality is, John, we don't have data. We don't have data on the long-term consequences of transitioning child uh, because to get that data would be unethical because we'd essentially be testing on children. And yet here we are with this case where we are transitioning a child so early because this child is 15 now, but certainly when the process started earlier, I have a very difficult time stomaching that any professional would start any kind of transitioning of a child uh, before they're, they're through puberty or have an understanding of who they are, whether or not this is a phase. So I'm on Team Dad here where I'm saying, hold on a second here. Once you do this, you can't go back. That scares. Well, it should scare any parent. It, it should, and th- this this leads to another part of the lower court order. The judge actually ordered the father not only um, that the father must use only uh, the the pronouns him and his to refer to his his female born child, uh, and the father is not allowed to refer to his child with uh, the name that that the child was given when when uh, when born. And perhaps worst of all, uh, the court has said that the father cannot try to persuade his child to refrain from this uh, irreversible uh, medical treatment. Medical treatment with with irreversible consequences, or at least some of the consequences are are irreversible. Uh, The judge went so far as to say that if if the father refers to his child as his daughter or as, as a girl or she or her, and if the father tries to persuade his child not to go ahead with this, that would constitute family violence under the BC Family Law Act, and he can be arrested without a warrant if he as much as tries to uh, talk to this minor about the the dangers and risks of this uh, treatment. I, it's absurd. I mean, the court and the go- the government is playing parent. Uh, you know, I have a... Uh... Is that the case here? Is that the, all of a sudden we let this case stand and all of a sudden the government or a court can now uh, tell parents what they will and won't do? This is one of the issues that the Justice Centre is raising when intervening, is that the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, Section 7, guarantees the right to life, liberty and security of the person. Part of the security of the person is that children are protected when uh, the people who know them the best and love them the most have the knowledge and the authority to make decisions on behalf of the minor children and the people who know the child the best and love the child the most who are willing to die for the child that's the parents and so this is a dangerous precedent uh, giving uh, political activists uh, and uh, uh, you know transgender uh, ideologues power um, over over a child's life and taking that power away from parents. And that's an extremely dangerous uh, precedent, especially when transgenderism as an ideology is being promoted very aggressively in the school systems yeah. in most. If and not certainly in province. B.C. We don't we don't hear as much in Ontario, but I know in B.C. it is a very big deal. My concern is that there are going to be a number of other parents who, you know, their child may be going through uh, issues of they're not knowing who they are. They might be gay. They may be transgender, but sometimes they grow out of it. Sometimes they don't, John. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, if we if we convert every child who says that they believe that they're someone else, we could have a whole generation of kids 
uh, who grow out of it and say, how could you have done this to me? I mean, I think it's natural for the father to be concerned. And there's abundant medical literature showing that it's very common for a lot of kids at some point, and it could be at the age of two or four or six, 10, 12, 14, at, at various ages, kids do go through stages where they feel uncomfortable with their bodies, especially at puberty. And it's very normal for kids to go through stages and phases where, you know, part of them, you know, oh, I, I wished I was the opposite sex. The, the medical research shows that more than 80% of the children uh, who go through gender confusion or gender dysphoria, they will have grown out of it by the time they're 18. That's more than 80%. So if you provide uh, appropriate support and encouragement, uh, more than 80% of gender-confused children can be successfully uh, integrated so that their their sense of self uh, matches their own biology. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, keep an eye on this case. It certainly is an important one that's kind of falling under the radar, but uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving it some clarity. Thank you very much. Thank you. That is John Carpe, uh, who is uh, with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. And you can think, okay, well, it's in B.C. It sets precedent. And you know, it's one thing to support a child going through this. It's quite another to take such draconian actions that cannot be reversed. And I think we got to be really careful here or we are going to be accused one day of experimenting on kids. And we can't do that. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.